Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. If you are viewing this on YouTube right now, you know you're in for a special treat. It's rare that I do a video episode, but today I have a special guest. He's my friend Martin Twycross. And if you're listening to this on iTunes or on another app, you can feel free to watch us on YouTube. So simply type in We Don't Die Radio 262. So let me tell you about our guest today. Our guest was once an atheist a scientifically-minded skeptic, and now a highly experienced medium who has been teaching mediumship since 2006. He holds CSNU awards in demonstrating and speaking issued by the Spiritualist National Union. He is the founder in the Course in Mediumship products and believes that everyone should have access to high-quality, affordable teachings. His latest course is called Great mediums of the past, which excites me more than you can possibly know. And during this episode, you'll find out why. Martin was our guest back on episode 81, and that was just over two years ago. But he's back, and he's got some great things to share. So Martin Twycross, a warm welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks for having me back. I can't believe it was two years ago. Wow. I know. I had you laugh with that introduction, didn't I? You did. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're somebody who's making a big difference, and sometimes we don't know the difference we're making because we're sitting in the comfort of our own home putting out material, but you just don't know the impact. And I know with me, you've had a great impact with your course, and then I get to see you quite often on Facebook <laughs> and on an online course that we're both doing, so it's really fun. It certainly is. It is. So if you wouldn't mind revisiting a little bit about who you are, some of our listeners or viewers haven't met you before. And if you wouldn't mind just giving a, a little bit about your backstory and how you even got into this world of mediumship. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to go over that again. Absolutely. So, um, so for me, uh, as you said, I'm, I'm scientifically trained. I've got a very logical analytical mind, which is great actually for putting together teachings it's not so great for doing mediumship, though. Uh, but with my logical analytical mind, uh, for me to believe anything, you've really got to prove it to me. And with my own uh, coming to spiritualism and mediumship, uh, I was very much an atheist for a while. And then I believed in something, but I wasn't sure what. And I investigated other religions and I investigated uh, spiritualism to a degree but then I really looked into it properly uh, in 2001, following the passing of my own mum. Now, strangely, I had a, an experience where I actually knew the exact moment she was going to pass. And I told the whole family that, you know, mum's going to pass at this certain time. She was very ill at the time. She'd had a massive stroke and it really wasn't looking like she would survive. And basically, everyone thought I was mad. They really did. And I, to be honest, if I'd said it to myself, I'd have thought I was mad as well. But I had this inner knowing of the time. and. Sure enough, she passed. And in that moment, I had this inner knowing that I hadn't lost her. I had this inner knowing that, as your program's called, we don't die. And so I, I sent the thought up to my mum, well, look, I'm going to find a medium. I'm going to find a spiritualist church. If you are available and you can, please come back and say hello. So I went along to my local uh, spiritualist church, which, funnily enough, is the very first spiritualist church that Estelle Roberts a great medium who we're going to talk about later, she attended as well. And I went along to the church for the first time, very sceptical, 
And I was sitting there doing my maths, counting the people in the room. Well, there's 25 in the room. There's one medium. I asked the question at the beginning, how many people will he give a message to? Oh, maybe five, maybe six. It's a Sunday. So I was sitting there doing the maths saying, okay, I better come 10 times. I know enough about statistics, 10 times, and that will probably give me a chance of a reading. And luckily he came to me on the very first, very first uh, visit there and he brought through amazing evidence and it was mind-blowing. And he gave stuff that only me and my mum ever knew because it was related to exactly how she passed. There's only two of us there. So in that case, I knew that this had to be coming from either her mind or he was doing something quite powerful like mind reading me. But strangely, they said, why don't you come along tomorrow night to the church for open platform and there's more mediums working. You might get another message. So I said, okay, I'll come along and listen. And sure enough, another medium came to me with my grandfather and gave lots of interesting evidence about his job, what he used to do, which was unusual. And I thought, wow, in two, it's basically two days, it was proven to me that there is a spirit world. And I need a bit of evidence to prove it to me. And I got that evidence in just two days, which is pretty, pretty unusual, I have to say. If, if you're researching this yourself, you may need to go more often than that. You may have to give it quite a few times. I, I guess I'm an outlier in that it happens so quickly. And on that very first visit, the medium said to me, by the way, Martin, you will be a medium. And I thought, yeah, right. I bet they say that to all the newcomers. And I very much doubt I'll be a medium. And I began developing mediumship myself very shortly thereafter. And within, uh, within 18 months, I think I did my first platform. And shortly after that, it just began to take off. And it's meant to be, really. And then I began... I began my teaching in about 2006. I've been teaching now, I guess, for 12 years. Uh, I went through, I, I did a lot of my training at the Arthur Finley College. Uh, I, think I, I think I attended 35 courses, if I've counted correctly. Oh, my goodness. Over a 10-year period, which is quite a lot. Yes, it sure is. <laughs> it's quite a lot. 10 years, 35, yep. yeah, yep. And then I went on to uh, join their tutor training scheme, and I successfully completed that, and I'm now an approved tutor of the college as well. Excellent. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And, but my, my biggest passion really is trying to give people access to quality teachings wherever in the world they are. Mm -hmm. And one thing I always found frustrating was I, I have the kind of scientific mind that wants to know why. Why? And I think most of the tutors who I ever went with probably got fed up of me asking the question, that's great, but, but how do we do it and why? Right. And I got a reasonable amount of answers to my questions, but I still didn't get as much as I would have liked. And one thing I did was I analyzed my own mediumship. I analyzed the mediumship of all those working. I, I explored, I experimented, and I generated my own teachings, my own course based upon all of that, all the teaching I've had from other people, all my own exploration, all my own analysis, and all my own experiments. Whenever I see a good medium work, I always ask them, how does that work for you? just so I can get my head around how good mediumship works. And then my idea is, let's give it all away. Let's offer it all to whoever may need it in terms of helping them with their own development of mediumship and psychic unfoldment. And so I began by developing a series of videos. Actually, what happened was I developed this course on the theory of mediumship, which was intended to be delivered in my local church at Hampton Hill. And I started the process of delivering it and lots of people said, we can't come to the next one. Will you video it? And so I just videoed it really locally for the people just to have who couldn't mm -hmm. attend. And then several people said to me, this is amazing. You should really do more with it. 
And so I then put the videos out as DVDs because we're going back a bit in about 2009. And then we moved into downloads, downloads, video downloads. Yes. And that's where we are now, much better, much better than the old fashioned DVD. But if you want a DVD, they're still available. I won't stop that format. <laughs> and then I then developed this series of videos and there's now 24 in the series. But then I decided that it'd be nice to have even more information to go alongside it. Yes. So I then developed a study program to analyze it in more depth and to give people some practical exercises to work with it and to let people ask questions to me all about it. And I think I compiled about 30 questions on each video. And then the tutorials go over that level of detail. So it drills into the video in even more depth. If you get the study program, it takes 20 of my core videos and just drills into them in even more depth. And does it in a very systematic and logical way. I, for me, I need to have the logical foundation, that, yes. that theoretical basis. And I think if we have that, it makes us a much better medium. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I've done. I developed that, uh, that course. And I've also developed several meditations as well, which the most popular one probably is Sitting in the Power, which many people will be familiar with. And for those not, it really is the foundation of this work. And in fact, Gordon Higginson, who's one of the media we may talk about, he is the one who really pushed this idea and this concept. And so for me, it all stems really from his teaching, which is wonderful. And, uh, and I also want to do series of online classes as well to fit in around all the products to help people to better understand mediums, better understand mediumship. So the most recent one I'm offering is the great mediums of the past course. So is that giving you all you wanted in a nutshell? Yeah, and more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to go back a little bit because um, I believe that so many of us who are interested in this topic have people in our lives that have no interest or might think we're a little bit strange. <laughs> so one of the big core things in my show is that I can deliver episodes to people and their family might doesn't have to know about it, you know? And so what I like about what you're up to is that not everyone has to make the trip, whether to Stansted in the UK to Arthur Finlay or some other course, you can do it in the privacy of your own home in your own time. But do you believe that if people have a passion for this, that they have mediumship within them? Because some people think you have to be born a medium. Um, and if you're not one of the gifted you know, there's no chance. What do you say to that? Well, my, my view is, you know, there's two schools of thought. One is mediumship is a gift giving to the select few. And if you haven't got it, tough luck. You're unlucky. Right. And if you're one of the lucky ones, fabulous. But really, it's like anything. It's like any ability. I believe we all have, it's all inherent within all of us. Each one of us here is spirit. Why we, wouldn't we have that attribute, that faculty, that ability? So for me, it's there within everybody. But are you motivated to develop it? Are you motivated to give it the time, the effort, the dedication, like any ability would take? If you had an ability with music, you'd still need to develop it. If you had an ability with art, you'd still need to work with it. It's the same. So we need to spend the time developing it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I believe we all have it to varying degrees. Not everybody will go on to be the world's greatest platform medium. And the, the mediums we're going to talk about later, uh, they are, for me, are some of the finest mediums in existence and they, if you you'd argue they had the ability really strongly or they just developed it well or there was just within them that passion within them that desire to work with it 
And so, you know, and that's something I will talk about a great deal in the course as well. Mm. Definitely, I, every, everyone listening to it, don't think that mediumship is not available to you because it is. It's available for everybody if we would like to develop it. And, but at the end of the day, not everyone will go on to be a virtuoso. Not everyone can be uh, an amazing pianist or not everybody can be an amazing artist but everybody can do it to some degree and can do it to a degree that can help people so absolutely mm. it's there for all of us in my, my view thank you for sharing that i know for myself i've dabbled in mediumship enough to know that the ability is within me but i don't feel that pressing urge to be out demonstrating or having taking clients but it's one of the things in my toolbox that really allows me to know that we don't die that our loved ones are around that it's there's so much more possible and if before we talk about your next course could you in our audience right now um it's very likely we have some people that have um recently lost even though they're not lost a loved one but they could be experiencing grief and I think so many people think we have to go to a medium and, and able to, in order to connect with our loved ones. Could you give us your thoughts about where their loved ones are right now? And, and do they have to visit a medium or can we connect with our loved ones ourselves in the privacy of our own home? Um, some, maybe some words to the grieving. Sure. Well, for me, um, the spirit world isn't a separate world from this world. But because we are in this world, we're not generally aware of the spirit world. So as mediums, we're moving our awareness and moving our minds to blend with that spirit world. But it's not, in, it's not a different place. It's not up there. It's all around us, really. People say it's at a different frequency of vibration. So we have to move our awareness, alter our awareness to be able to link to it. And whenever we lose somebody, uh, the, the biggest challenge is losing their physical presence. That is the biggest challenge for everybody is that when we shared a great deal of time with somebody and they're no longer here, then we miss them so much on the physical. And they, they, they're usually going to be around us when we're grieving because they care about us. They're interested in us. And they're probably more upset about us than we are about them because they're still alive. They're still continuing. Yeah. They, any, any illness, any physical problems they have, all of that's fallen away. Because they are consciousness, they are mind. Their mind creates their body just as our own mind within our dreams creates our body. So they're all healthy, they're fit, they're well. So they're great, but they're going to be worried about where we are in our own minds and in the grieving process. So loved ones will draw close to us, absolutely. But we, might, we may or may not necessarily feel their presence, and that's the challenge. If we've developed our psychic awareness, if we've developed our abilities, then yes, we can be aware of spirit with us. But ultimately, um, if we haven't, then it becomes a little bit harder. You may sense a presence with you, but it's very hard to prove they're there or not. And often you get some strange phenomena happens around your home. You may get lights flickering, objects may get moved, dis may disappear, may return. Uh, things may fall off the walls. All sorts of strange things can happen. And it's just spirit wanting you to know they're around you. It's not, generally, it's not a scary thing. It's... It's just their presence is wanting to be felt around you. But it, the interesting point is, can I as a medium link to my own loved ones in spirit the way I can to other people? And the answer to that is no. And there's a reason for that. I think it's like a safety valve. If I could reconnect with all my own loved ones in the spirit world, and I've got my parents there and my grandparents, you know, it'd be lovely to do. I'd love to do it. 
but maybe I would become addicted to it. And maybe I would become, it, it wouldn't become healthy. So if you like, there's an unwritten rule that we can't really connect with our own loved ones the way we can with other people's. And mediumship is there to be used in service. It's there to be used in service to others. So if we're using it in service to others, it has a great capacity. It's not to say I can't be aware of my own loved ones because just thinking of them now, I can feel them draw close around me. I can feel their love and support, but I can't get the communication the way I can for other people. And the other thing to bear in mind as a skeptic is how can I prove they're really communicating with me? And it isn't my own desires, my own imagination, my own needs creating it. And if I know everything that I'm getting about them, or I'm just creating thoughts, could it just be my own mind, my own imagination, my own wishful thinking? But when I get that for somebody else, and I know nothing about that person, I know nothing about the sitter, I know nothing about the recipient in the demonstration, and I bring that through, and they go, oh, wow, that's absolutely right, that's spot on. I, I know then that this is not my own imagination, this is not my own desires. This is the spirit world doing what they wish to do, which is share time and communicate with their loved ones. And for me, it's, it's, an, it's a miracle. It really is. It's amazing. Yeah, and being of service. Do you still uh, take um, people one-on-one to do readings for, besides being a tutor or not? So I, I, I still do, but not as much as I used to. I, I, to be honest, I don't have as much time now to do it. And I still do all the church services I used to do. I still do all the teaching. I'm still working as a healer in my local church. And it just, everything... It just means that there isn't as much time for one-on-ones to be truthful. Mm. And uh, you're making yourself available to the world right now. So sometimes that's more of service than the one-on-ones and you fit in the time when you can. So I get it. And some people, it's their their pathway to do a great deal of one-on-ones or it's their Mm. pathway to do demonstrations or it's their pathway to do teaching I feel it's my pathway to try and take some teachings to as many people as I can, but also to make them affordable. And also, as you were saying, to make teachings available to any, everybody without any barriers to entry. You know, for a lot of people, it's expensive to travel to certain places, certain sure. colleges. It's expensive to go on a course with certain mediums and they may not be able to free at the time. They may not be able to travel that geogra- geographical distance. So for me, if I can give you quality teachings that you can watch in your own time, fit around your own commitments, in the, qual- in, in the comfort of your own home, and for me, that, I, I feel that's a really powerful thing. And, you know, Spirit really impressed me that it's a powerful thing to give. So, and I, I, I don't know if you know, but I'm also writing a book at the moment as well. So you do then. You go now, you do now. So yeah, so I'm writing a book as well, which I hopefully will be published early 2019 as well. And again, all these things just take time. I, you know, I just, just, there's not enough hours in the day, is there? There isn't. And I know like myself, when I travel, you know, I share a lot of who I am, only if people ask. Um, but it's easy to talk to 10 thousand people or however many will watch this video or listen to the words because it's just you and I spending an hour together and we can make this available to everyone so there isn't enough time in the day absolutely and for me before oh go ahead I was gonna say what amazes me is the power of technology to reach people um I think I did a little video clip a month or so ago about mediums who blame others uh for their their poor mediumship and I put it on YouTube, I put it on Facebook, and I think it got well over 5,000 views within a month. And you think, wow, 
That's amazing. 5,000 people have wanted to take the time to listen to this free bit of teaching that I want to offer the world. And, you know, it's it's humbling, really. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, Before we get into your upcoming course, there are, I know of some of the people that you're teaching of, but there's different kinds of mediumship. Um, Absolutely. Could you kind of go over those different types and then we can go into, because many of the mediums you're speaking of didn't just fall into, say, evidential mediums. So would you mind? Does it, is, am I asking the question correctly? Yeah, no, you are. You, okay. you definitely are, and I'm happy to talk about it. So okay. within mediumship, uh, we can talk about a lot of different types. The, most, the one that most people are familiar with is uh, what I call evidential mediumship, which is a form of mental mediumship. It's where we, when we're doing private sittings and we're working on a platform, we're bringing through information, evidence about spirit to demonstrate that they survive. So it's bringing through survival evidence to demonstrate that our loved ones are still around, they still care about us. Generally, we bring evidence, then we free them up to share whatever they want to say. What's their message? What's their story? What do they wish to say? So that's what you'll see most commonly. And if you see mediums working on TV, generally, again, that's what they're doing. We have another kind of mediumship called uh, transmediumship. And transmediumship is... A totally different type of mediumship whereby it's still mental mediumship. It still functions through the mind of the medium. But basically with trans mediumship, what, what happens is the medium becomes incredibly passive, closes their eyes and just becomes incredibly passive and allows the spirit world to blend with them to allow spirit to speak through them. And so, and it's often used for bringing forward uh, philosophy, for bringing forward spiritual teachings. There are some mediums who can bring clairvoyance through in the trance state as well. Gordon Higginson was a medium who did that. There are some people who will become the loved one and your loved one speaks to you directly through trance. And Helen Hughes, who is again one of the mediums I want to talk about in my great mediums course, she used to do that. Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And again, it's something you very rarely see. But if you can be connected one-on-one with your loved one and have them speak and talk to you, wow, that'd be great. We'd love that. So that's uh, what we call the transmediumship state. Uh, most commonly, it's used for bringing through teachings and uh, books like the Silver Birch series by uh, Morris Barbanel. That's kind of a lot of what a lot of transmediums do. But then we've got healing mediumship, which is generally another form of, of it's, I was going to say it's not, it's not, it's mental medium, it's energetic mediumship. What happens with, with healing mediumship is that we're blending with spirit, we're blending with um, healing guides and helpers to allow a flow of energy, which comes ultimately from the source, from God, the universe, call it what you will, to flow through to reach the patients. So we're just creating an attunement to the spirit world to allow them to deliver the healing energy that is needed by people. And Harry Edwards was the greatest proponent of that. He was the finest healer of the last 100 years. And I, I love Harry Edwards. I get so passionate about Harry Edwards. And uh, so that he's, he's one that I want to talk about as well on the great mediums course. Uh, so that's your, your healing mediumship. And then we have inspirational mediumship, which is inspirational speaking, inspirational writing, which can deepen into a form of automatic writing as well, which was very popular in the, in the later years, but you don't see so much of it these days. And true automatic writing is where the hand of the medium can be controlled totally independently of the medium's mind and body and produce writings. So 
for some people, they say automatic writing is inspirational mediumship, but it can actually be physical mediumship as well. Gordon Higginson once did a demonstration where he stood on platform and he gave a normal link through his mind by speaking to the person whilst his hand wrote out a totally unique, different link through automatic writing. And that oh, is impressive. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> I've not heard that. That's amazing. Absolutely oh. amazing. And so that, you know, so they're two, they can be, they can, these gifts can also function sometimes in parallel. And then we move on to, um, so within the inspirational, we still have things like inspirational art, spirit art, where uh, you can be impressed to draw the faces of people who live, in, who, who live on in the spirit world. Your loved ones get their portrait drawn, which is a fabulous thing to have done. And that can also take place within the trance state as well. You can have trance art as well as the inspirational state. And then we move into the whole realm of physical mediumship. And physical mediumship differs from mental mediumship in that it's objective. It should be visible to everybody. Mental mediumship is subjective. Unless you're the medium, you don't really know what that medium is receiving. Uh, but with physical mediumship, it's objective. The results are objective. Um, you know, so within physical mediumship, we can get materialization where forms materialize and can be seen. We can get vo voice phenomena in the room where loved ones in the spirit world can speak. We can also get objects move around the room. We can get what's called a ports, where objects appear within the seance room and ask ports where the objects get taken out of the seance room. And we can even combine phys uh, physical mediumship with uh, healing. And there have been cases of uh, physical mediumship and healing being combined. One case where uh, the case with... Um, a medium whereby a bone was actually taken out of, was dematerialized out of some bodies. A, a diseased bone was taken out of the body and uh, a, a, a good bone was rematerialized from a child that had died not so long ago. It was on a child that was done. And so spirit actually took away a diseased bone and replaced it with a good bone, physical mediumship, but used for a healing purpose, which is amazing. So, there are many different types of mediumship. The most common one you will encounter is what we call evidential. But it's important to recognize as well that most mediums don't work with just one. Most mediums work with a variety. That's important to know to as well. I have to ask, Martin, as a scientifically minded skeptic, I get it that you embrace the world of the mental evidential mediumship. When you first maybe witnessed trance or, or some of this physical mediumship, I mean, I know with myself, it was one thing to get messages coming in, but to hear in the darkness someone's loved one coming through or experience the trance speaking with someone's loved one speaking through a medium. I've not witnessed an apport, but I know many people that have, but that brings the mind into this whole other realm. Do you remember what it was like when you first started learning about these other forms of mediumship? I mean, were you like, what? <laughs> well, I don't know if I ever told you on the other interview, the story when I went to investigate uh, spiritualism before I actually found it proper in 2001. I actually, one of my housemates was actually a spiritualist and he used to go to church every Sunday and he used to say, come along, Martin. I used to say, no, no, that doesn't interest me. And eventually he persuaded me to go along and watch a demonstration of transfiguration. And transfiguration is a form of physical mediumship where you get an ectoplasmic mask built over the face of the medium and push forward with a different face on it. 
and it's normally done in red light conditions. And so he told me, look, you're a complete skeptic and even skeptics will see transfiguration. So I said, great. Well, if that's the case, I'm coming. So I went along and I, I, I spent an hour and a half of my life watching some strange guy doing trance and transfiguration. I didn't see a thing happen to his face. And I, everyone kept saying, wow, can you see the Native American that's just appeared on his face? And I was like, they're all deluded. They're all mad. They're, they're all certifiable. They already need, need help. And afterwards I said, I didn't see a thing. And they were like, well, you weren't trying hard enough. And I'm like, no, but it should be visible to everybody if it's real physical mediumship. Yes. And the guy, the guy did trans mediumship as well, but I don't personally think it was to very high quality. And what came through, I said, well, I could do better than that with my eyes open. So if I could do better than that with my eyes open, why would the spirit world do that? And I since found out now myself, as I've investigated a great deal more trans mediums, that there is a lot of trans mediumship in the public domain that isn't of the greatest quality. And that is a real shame. And so my first ever visit to see trans and physical really wasn't the greatest, to be truthful. But, you know, when you do see something that is amazing, you go, wow. And when you, with the best trans mediumship, you just feel the love, the power and the presence of spirit. It touches you on almost a soul level. It's, you, you can't deny it. It's there. Something is, something is present. And, but again, you kind of have to develop your own awareness, your own psychic and mediumistic awareness to be touched by that as well, generally. So if somebody like me going way back, who's a skeptic, went along, they may not feel that. And everyone else may say, wow, can you feel the presence of spirit? And I might go, no, but that's because I hadn't developed at that moment in time. Mm. So, but generally, if it's physical mediumship, it should be observable to all. That's the yeah. theory. Yeah. Have you sat in physical medium circles? I haven't sat in that many, to be honest. Um, it's not an area I've investigated a huge amount of areas, but physical is probably the one I've least investigated. So I've sat in some seances, but I haven't had masses of experience of it. Um, there's not that many good physical mediums allegedly out there these days. I've got to be very careful. What I say now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. But that is something that I'm passionate about studying. And I've yeah, been to you know, and the oh, thing like is, seven or eight of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, obviously Scott, you know, I'm a fan of Scots as well. So, uh, but again, for me, there's a lot of people who take it into the public domain without really truly understanding yes. it. And physical mediumship is heavily dependent upon the conditions created in the seance room by the attendees. And if people don't bring the right energy, it affects it. It's the same with trance. If the right energy is not present in the room, the quality is to a, to a certain degree is eroded. So you have to be very careful with physical mediumship that you get the right sitters. And I'm sure you know all of that as well. Yeah, we've talked about these things yeah. on the show. However, one of the things I think there's so many people with integrity that are about service, that are about all the different types of mediumship, training people. So don't believe what I say, believe what you experience. So people teaching how to sit in home circle and how to blend, and how to sit in the power, and these things we can do. So I know on my own spiritual journey, somebody had told me 20 years ago, some of the things I'd witness now, I would think there's no way possible. But it's taken my own journey, and my own, yeah, spiritual growth, my own transformation to realize this is what I believe. Do I believe everybody? No. I think there can be con artists in every field. My mom always says, what do you call the uh, 
guy who graduated bottom of of his medical school. Well, he's still doctor, right? (laughs) Uh, And so to have your plate on your door saying I'm a medium, it doesn't necessarily mean you're the best of the best. But when we can do things like listen to your uh, meditation audio or take a course or, and you offer free things as well, martintwycross.com is your website. Um, But when you can start experiencing these things for ourselves that you get, you figure out what you're passionate about, and then you can really explore it. So let's move into what you're really passionate about, because I am probably one of the first people, I don't know, to sign up for your upcoming course, but I'm so excited about the five mediums that you'll be speaking about. So if you if you don't mind giving us an overview and talking about some of the mediums and I know you have a picture to show us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see if we can see if we can make this work. Um, okay, no, we can I'm, make I'm, anything work. Anything. I'm, let's see if I can upload this picture for a second. Let's see okay. if we can make this happen. Um, Confident. Screen. Share. Share screen. There, there we go. There it is. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, I'm very passionate about great mediums of the past, and it really all started with the gentleman on the left, who is Gordon Higginson. And... When I was visiting the college, a lot of the uh, tutors who I spent time with were actually students of Gordon's, people like Mavis Patilla, uh, Paul Jacobs, Simon James, and many more, Glenn Edwards, many more. They were all students of, of Gordon's, and I used to enjoy hearing them talk about Gordon. And then one day somebody gave me a tape of Gordon's to listen to, and I was fascinated by the man, absolutely fascinated. And... Uh, I then went on to talk to a great number of people and interview a lot of people about Gordon and also just to compile a great deal of information myself about him, which I actually built a website, gordonhigginson.co.uk it is. And I think I built that in about 2009. So it's been going a little while now. The sad part is I actually have to take it down because it's actually built with old technology. It's actually built with their Adobe Flash, which has been phased out next year. So I'm going to have to completely rebuild the site from scratch. But there you go. That's a a job for me to do. But I'm very passionate about uh, the teachings of Gordon. And he really intrigued me. And then I then went down a rabbit hole with many other mediums as well. The rest of the mediums in in this slide here. The second medium is Estelle Roberts. And... Now, I mentioned earlier on that Estelle Roberts went to Hampton Hill Spiritualist Church for the first time as her very first church she went to. And that is also the church that I went to. And when I read her biography, I was amazed to find out that at the time she was living in Teddington. And at the time I was living in Teddington. And then I was amazed from her biography to read that she set up the House of Red Cloud. Red Cloud was her guide. And she set up the House of Red Cloud on the, uh, the Ridgeway in uh, Wimbledon. And at the time I was working in Wimbledon and that was only a couple of hundred yards around the corner. And I thought it was all very strange that I had so much in common with this lady that all these things about where she lived kind of, I I was almost living parallel exactly where she was. And she, she was an amazing medium. Gordon Higgins always used to say that Estelle Roberts was our finest all round medium. And she was a complete all rounder in that she was a fabulous evidential mediumship evidential medium. She uh, worked doing the Royal Albert Hall on many uh, Remembrance Day services to audiences of many thousand. 
three, four thousand people. She, she, and also the lady next to her, Helen Hughes, they were both the finest evidential mediums of the day. And they were highly in demand. They used to go up and down the country giving rallies all about, all, all about helping drive the message of spiritualism. And, and they both worked in the Houses of Parliament in the UK when we were trying to get spiritualism to be recognized as a religion and to get genuine mediumship recognized through what ultimately became the Fraudulent Mediums Act and recognize such a thing as genuine mediumship. And they both demonstrated to MPs in the Houses of Commons, which is amazing. And they helped get that recognition because of the quality of their mediumship. So Gordon Higginson, he was a fabulous evidential medium, but he was also an excellent trance medium. He was also a physical medium, and he was also a very good healer as well. So just as I was saying before that, a lot of these mediums are not just, if you like, a one-trick pony. They had a lot of different strings to their bows. And Gordon, apart from doing fabulous evidential mediumship and teaching, he also did wonderful trance and physical work, as well as being a healer as well, though that wasn't promoted as much, but he did do that quite a lot as well. And so he always said that Estelle Roberts was our finest all-round medium, but many people believe that Gordon got reached the same level as well. And Estelle Roberts, similarly, fabulous uh, evidential medium, fabulous trans medium, fabulous physical medium, yet again, and a good healer as well. So again, she was demonstrating all the gifts and abilities of the spirit. And she's probably most recognized for being the medium who uh, was the greatest all-rounder in terms of having all the abilities. Gordon always said to himself that his physical mediumship was his less developed part, mainly because he really, being so busy, didn't have the time to dedicate to it. And he felt there was a lot more potential there that was unexplored, despite the fact that he was capable of amazing materializations and voice phenomena and a port. Uh, on one occasion, I heard a lovely story where the grand piano in, uh, in a room was floating around the sitter's heads as levitation. Wow. And you think, wow, you know, that, that's quite scary. Spirit, don't get distracted. We don't want you falling on us. <laughs> And then we have the medium, Helen Hughes, which for me, she, she, I, I'm really fascinated by her because she was our finest clairaudient medium. Clairaudience is the hearing uh, of spirit within the mind. And she used to do demonstrations where she would just receive all the information heard in her, effectively in her mind, within, within her ears, within her mind. And she'd just repeat what she got. And the accuracy was devastating. I, I don't think there's ever been a medium who's had that degree of accuracy ever since. And she, she was fascinating because this only worked for a limited period of time, say half an hour. And then it would stop and the audiences would give her a, a rave review, huge round of applause. And she'd say, great, that's just given me the energy for another link or two. And she'd do another two links. And then they'd start clapping again. And she'd say, oh, great, an energy for another link. And it would keep going on and on and on. And that, that, that round of applause, that encore, created even more energy from spirit every time. Fascinating. But most of all, she worked from a point of love. She was known as Helen of Joy or Helen the Beloved. And everybody in the room felt the love of spirit emanate from this lady. And I think if we forget nothing else as mediums, if we can create that energy, that power of love, we can emanate that love of spirit within the room. When I first heard about her and, and researched her, I then began to apply that within my own mediumship. What would happen if I seek to emanate love? And I was amazed at the difference. It's like one of those keys that helps unlock the door. 
And it's like, wow, it really does create a power. And Gordon Higginson always used to say to, in his demonstrations, for the next hour and a half, I'm not asking you to like me, but could you just love me for the next hour and a half? Could you send your love to me? But he was so loved by the audience anyway, he didn't need to do that because he had that love anyway, but that helped strengthen his mediumship. But he recognized the power of love to fuel and sustain mediumship. So we, we could, this, each, each one, they all interlink and the lessons we get from all of them, they're all there. And for me, one of the reasons for doing the course is to look at these great mediums from the past, to look at their stories, to look at what we can learn and what we can bring to development in the current day. And some people say, well, that's the past, leave the past alone and just focus on the present. But I believe that if we do that, we run the risk of dumbing mediumship down. If we do that, we run the risk of losing the fundamentals, the foundations, the basics, because the basics are present within all their work. And if we strip it out, we then move away from something that can be fabulous. They've shown us the quality of what is possible. And it's our job to try and replicate that in the modern age. And as I said, there's never been a medium like Helen Hughes uh, for given Claire audience in the modern day that I'm aware of. I wish there was, but there's not. But what can we do to help bring it back? That's what I'd like to know. Yeah. And that's what I'd like to explore. And the next gentleman I agree along, with you. Next gentleman, no, that's fine. The next gentleman along here is, is Morris Barbanel, who uh, he was the founder of a newspaper called Psychic News. But most importantly for us, he was the medium for Silver Birch. And some people may be familiar with Silver Birch. And I, actually, I don't have a Silver Birch book to show you. I've only got Morris Barbanel's book, This is Spiritualism. But there are a whole stack of Silver Birch books. And I have every single one, including all the hard to find ones. I love the teachings of Silver Birch. I believe there's no finer philosophy within our movement. And Morris Barbanel was a humble man. And he, because he published this newspaper, he didn't want anyone to know that he was also the medium behind Silver Birch. So they published the teachings of Silver Birch in the newspaper. And people would say, wow, these are great. But he never really wanted people to know it was him who was doing it. Because he was a humble man, he, 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 you know, he didn't want it to look like he was taking advantage of his own newspaper to publish all these teachings. And I think all of these mediums had a degree of humility. And we need to recognize that to be good mediums, humility is another core uh, quality we need to develop. But for me, uh, Morris Barbanel, there are no books written about Morris Barbanel, but he wrote a lot of books himself. And obviously he wrote all the, all the Silver Birch books are the transcribed teachings that came through his guide. So he's a bit harder for me to talk about because there is no book that summarizes his life. All the others have biographies. He doesn't. But I'm going to do my best to bring forward as much as I can about him. And the final gentleman who you probably can't see because I think we might be sitting over the top of him, but is uh, a very early picture of Harry Edwards. And Harry Edwards, uh, most people will be familiar with probably older pictures of him. I was, again, wondering if I had an older picture, but I have, but it's not very good. You probably just about can see it there. Harry Edwards was our finest ever healer. And he was a man after my own heart, Harry Edwards, because he was very scientifically minded. He was himself was skeptical. He, he, was, he was renowned for taking spiritual healing really bringing it forward to make it what it is today. But before that, he was very interested in uh, physical mediumship. And he studied two physical mediums in great detail, Jack Weber and Arnold Clare. And he sat in many, many seances with them. And he, he was responsible for helping to establish rules. And he wrote books about them. And 
he did a huge amount of investigation into physical mediumship. And he sat many, many times. And Jack Webber was his closest friend. And sadly, Jack Webber passed to the spirit world. And Harry Edwards, even though he's a fabulous healer at the time, he was unable to save his best friend. And it was his biggest regret ever that he was unable. He helped so many people with his healing. He cured so many people of, of diseases and problems that were uncurable. But his very best friend, he couldn't. And that was his, always his greatest uh, regret that that happened, especially when he was able to help other people who had the same condition that Jack Webber passed with, which was viral meningitis. Whenever he was able to help other people, it was always a big regret that he still wasn't able to do it for his friend. But Harry Edwards, he kept lots of meticulous notes about healing. And the bit I love about it was he looked at what all healers did and he assessed it and he brought it all into his own healing. And he said, does this help or does it hinder? And anything that hindered, he threw away. Anything that did not help the process, he got rid of. At the time, lots of mediums would stroke and comb, comb. Lots of healers combed the aura. They would try and, and they would flick the dirty energy out of the aura. Let's comb your aura and flick the energy out. And he just said, it's crazy. It doesn't, it doesn't have any effect whatsoever. The spirit world don't need that. It's there for effect. And he stripped out all these different things that were unnecessary to get down to what I call a pure spiritual healing. That's why I say he's like a man after my own heart. For me, I like to get down to pure mediumship. I tend to strip away anything in mediumship that doesn't help. Protection, cleansing, clearing chakras, opening chakras. I, I have no idea to open a chakra, to be brutally honest. I don't know if my chakras are open or closed. And if it doesn't help the process, why do we, why do we bother with trying to teach it? If it doesn't help, none of these mediums here taught these things. They were fabulous mediums and they didn't teach it. And most of them went the opposite way. And they were trying to give us teachings that didn't have anything encumbered within them, making life hard. They were trying to get it down to the basics, the fundamentals, the foundations, which is all about attunement to spirit, all about the power of spirit. Gordon Higginson always used to talk about the power of spirit. And sitting in the power, sitting for spirit, it all comes from the teachings that Gordon taught and many of the others taught that were the teachings of old that we need to build our own power to enable the power of spirit to reach out and touch people. So I get very passionate about them all because for me, each one of their stories gives us glimpses of truth about what mediumship is and glimpses of truth of how to develop it. And the, the foundations of mediumship are present in their work. And if we start to forget it, we do them a disservice. And the main reason as well for me to want to talk about these guys is that we wouldn't be where we are now as mediums. We wouldn't be where we are now as a religion within spiritualism without them. Gordon Higginson, he pretty much single-handedly saved the Spiritualist National Union. And he didn't really want the job, to be honest, to be president. He turned it down. But Spirit, lovely story that Spirit got him to do. I won't go into it too much detail now. But Spirit took advantage of him and and, and demonstrated to him why he had to take the role. And at the time, the Arthur Finley College uh, really had to be sold. And, and Gordon loved the Arthur Finley College so much, he wanted to find a way to save it. And he went the length and breadth of the country, demonstrating up and down the country. And all the proceeds went to save the college. He founded the Friends of Stansted Hall to save the college. And through Gordon's efforts over a period of about four or five years, he was able to save the college and bring the SNU, which was massively debt-laden, back onto an even keel. And we have the college and the SNU today. 
because of Estelle Roberts and Helen Hughes, we have mediumship recognized as a religion. We have mediums recognized as being genuine. We have, sorry, spiritualism recognized as that religion and genuine mediumship recognized. Uh, and Maurice Barbanel did so much to promote spiritualism through the publications. He, he, he did so much. And again, he's a man after my own heart because he was tough. If people were not doing it right, if they were fraudulent, he'd call them out. You know, it takes a brave man to call people out. It takes a brave man to, uh, to point out when people do things wrong. He doesn't make you popular. I'm pretty sure of that. But he did. And, it, you know, all, all of these mediums faced great criticism in their time, but all of them rose above it. Anybody who works as a physical medium generally will attract negativity and criticisms of fraud. And Gordon Higginson had it a great deal with his, both his physical mediumship and his mental mediumship. And it's, it's commonly happens. It's such a shame, but it's part of the territory of work. Whenever we stand in the public domain and we stand true to our own beliefs, some people will feel threatened or attack us or just not understand it. And Harry Edwards, for me, he is the one who's, who did the most to promote spiritual healing and to give us the foundations of spiritual healing. And I believe his book, his book on the, uh, the understanding and practice of spiritual healing is the Bible. It still is the Bible. I, I won't stray away, stray away from the teachings because he's done all the groundwork. He's created them. He's, he's, made it, he's made it all accessible for us. He gave us so much quality teaching. We don't really need to reinvent the wheel. These guys have done the groundwork. They've created our foundations. But for me, if we can honor them, they are the, they are the true ambassadors of our movement. They are the giants of our movement upon whose shoulders all of us now stand. And if we can honor them and keep their memories alive, then that, I think, is a wonderful thing. And that's really what inspires me to, certainly with Gordon, to keep the website going, to keep putting lectures out of him in the public domain, to put all the footage I could find of him demonstrating out in the public domain. Sadly, with Estelle Roberts and Helen Hughes, because of the, the time they were demonstrating, there's a lot less material available. There's very few recordings I'm aware of one, I think, of Estelle Roberts. but And similarly, there's only one recording I'm aware of of Silver Birch through uh, Morris Barbanel. And again, very little of Harry Edwards. There's, there are a, He did record a few tapes and a few records, which are still available. But if, again, if we can keep their memory alive, if we can keep their words alive, if we can keep what they fought so hard to achieve alive, and that for me, every one of them fought for the standards of mediumship. Every one of them fought to bring forward quality mediumship and quality healing, quality trance, quality physical. And really, we owe them a service now to make sure that in this day and age, that what people are demonstrating is still of the same caliber and quality. And if we can do that through talking about how they developed, how they worked, if we can pull forward the teachings we can take from their stories then I think it's a wonderful thing. So that's, that's kind of a little bit of the reason why I'm passionate about them and why I want to do the course. Well, we can hear the passion in your voice and on your face. I think it's Good. fantastic. And I'm just looking at the pictures of all, all of them. And, you know, so many times we say, how, how can I make a difference? How can one person make a difference? And when you look at these, and I didn't know that about Gordon, how much he gave of himself to keep Stansted Hall alive and afloat and Maurice Barbanel I've read 
the teachings of Silver Birch, but I didn't know he remained so much kind of behind uh, and not people didn't know that he was the one behind that. And from my own point of view, when I learn something's possible, it's like, wow, if they could do it then, we could have that back now. And it's my passion to help share stories and courses like yours and books of so many people uh, and teachings of so many to spark the interest in people that let's we are souls having a human experience. I think we all have in us this innate ability to do magnificent things and to just spark that within ourselves. And, you know, everybody might be interested in different things and that's fine, but to open up these conversations and let people know that like this is possible. And what would the world look like 50 years from now if we had more people of the that are, you know, out practicing more healers like the Harry Edwards and more speakers and more, um, more Gordon Higginson type people that really stand for this movement and for being of service. I mean, could just imagine what's possible. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Now, shall, shall I just take that picture down now? That would be wise, sure. wouldn't it? I mean, let me just, then we can go there back to this again. Yeah. And uh, so definitely, you know, something Silver Birch always said is that if we can touch one soul with our spiritual work, then it has been of value. If our, if, if our, if our life touches just one person, touches the soul of one person, that life was a value. Mm. And for me, when I looked at researching Harry Edwards, I went through all of his early books and his story, his books on uh, the evidence for, for healing that he generated and he speaks about how many patients he was given healing to at the time and how many patients he was given absent healing to. And I calculated over the course of his lifetime that he gave healing to over 1 million people. Oh my goodness. You know, if we, and that's 1 million souls we can touch with a life. Mm-hmm. And he didn't actually start healing until he was in his 40s. He didn't actually start his journey until he was in his 40s. It wasn't as if he started at age 20. So, you know, if, you know, if anyone's coming to this work and they're thinking, well, you know, I wish I'd come to it young, but I'm too old for it now. You're never too old. You're never too old. And there's always a soul you can touch. Each one of us in our own way can touch souls. Each one of us in our own way can help people. And, you know, many of these mediums, Harry Edwards was known for his healing, but he also did a trans circle and he did it every week. And he was a fabulous trans medium. And funnily enough, the guy, that I, the, his friend Jack Weber, I mentioned earlier on, when he passed, Harry Edwards, he inherited his guide. His guide transferred over to Harry Edwards, the same guide. And because he'd sat in circle with Harry Edwards for so long, while Harry was was investigating the phenomena, and Harry Edwards was like a friend to him. And then when Jack Webber passed, this guy decided to continue his work with with, uh, Harry Edwards, which is fascinating. I find that kind of thing fascinating. That's extraordinary. And I love digging out these little snippets of... But what, what some people would say is useless information, but I consider amazing information. And Martin, would you tell the story how um, Morris, Morris Barbernell um, first sat? Because I think it's fascinating because, yeah, would you? Because for people that don't know, the words and teachings of Silver Birch are like none other. They're so profound, so inspiring, all about living life, death, all of it. And when I read some of the words of Silver Birch, 
I get the goosebumps flooded w within me. Like the, this is the, the words of the truth of real source of real power. Um, of spirit. So you put me on the spot there. Uh, oh, Sandra, can you and, handle uh, it? Uh, I can handle it, but okay. I'm going to explain to people something that I have a terrible memory. I really do. I have a terrible uh, long-term memory. I can only retain information for a very short period of time. So whenever I do my classes, what I will do is I, I've got a lot of detailed notes that I make. And I've still got quite a lot of detailed notes to make because some of these guys I still haven't researched anywhere near as much as I would like. And so I will, I will memorize it all before I do the classes so that I can deliver it. Uh, so I'm trying to think now back to the story of how... Uh, how Morris Barbonell came to it. So I'm probably going to get a lot of this wrong. And when I do the class okay. for real, I know a little bit. And so we can merge it together, but I just think it's fascinating. So you say what you know, I'll say what I know. And then we'll, so I, I, Morris Barbonell, uh, he is from a Jewish faith and Morris Barbonell was very skeptical and he was invited to go along and, and he was actually asked to write an article about, uh, some mediumship and he said well I don't really feel qualified to talk to write on that and I want to go and see a medium work first so I understand what it's about so he went along to watch the medium work and I, I read different stories one which said it was on the first time he went and others which said it was on the second time he went but on the second time or the first time whichever is true he himself went he himself thought he fell asleep and when he when he came round, they said wow and he said, what do you mean, wow? And it's like a guy that's just been speaking through you and you've been in trance. And so he then realized that that potential, that ability was inherent within himself and it caused him to investigate it a great deal more. And that's kind of my memory of it. I hope that's, that's the memory you've got. Perfect. That is exactly <laughs> the, the memory. And that's what I find so interesting is here's someone who just was interested and went to check it out. And out of them... The, you know, these profound words came. So it's so easy, I think, for any of us human beings to think, you know, who are we, you know, who's going to listen to us or whatever. But once you start asking questions and you start digging into some of the things that interest you, you just be amazed what opens up. You know, and there's, there's that story, there's parallels with Harry Edwards and there's parallels with Gordon Higginson and there's parallels with Estelle Roberts as to how each of them, with Estelle Roberts, um, she went to Hampton Hill Spiritualist Church for the first time and she was told, you are a medium. And she's like, she's like me going, yeah, right. And she went the second week and the medium came to her and said, you are a medium. And she was like, yeah, right. That's the second time. The third week she went, medium came to her and said, you are a medium. And so she said, oh, and then so she's chatted with this medium and the medium said, go and sit at home and see what develops. So for one week, she said, I'll sit at home for one week with the table and we'll see if anything happens. And at the end of that week, if nothing happens, then I'm, that, I'm not going to bother anymore with it. So she sat every night with the table. Nothing happened. And in disgust, on the final day, she thought, well, that's it. No more. I won't bother with this anymore. She walked out of the room, and the table followed her, nudging her in the back. And it was a great big heavy table. And she oh, heard in goodness. her mind, the words came in her mind, I am Red Cloud, no need for table. I can talk to you in your mind, no need for table. And uh, so fascinating. And Harry Edwards, I believe, went to sit, went to a circle and he went into trance. And so he actually didn't go along to be the medium, but he went into trance. First time Gordon Higginson uh, did trance, it was unexpected. He went to a church 
was was working was doing the demonstration. Uh, the person who was the speaker, because he had a separate speaker and demonstrator in those days, the speaker hadn't turned up, and they asked him to do the speaking, and he said, "Well, I'm not really the speaker. I don't really do that, but I'll have a try." And then he says, "I remember waking up, and I thought, oh my God, I've fallen asleep, and no, there's been no speaker." And they said it was fabulous. And he said, well, I was asleep and said, no, 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 you were in trance. And the guides, and that was the first ever trance, was, took place without him knowing it was happening. And so it happened to... Incredible. So wow. that happened to Gordon, to Harry Edwards, and to Morris Barbanel. Like they all went into trance unexpectedly. That's great. <laughs> That's Even just you telling that story, it's just like these things are possible. And more it's it's great martin how do people find out about your course well they can uh, find out about it in many ways uh it is available uh, on my website which is www.martintwycross.com which is the new website it's just been launched this week because i did beautiful. have a Thank you very much. So I, I, my old website still exists, martintwycross.co.uk. That still exists. It's also available in my store, which is martintwycrossproducts.co.uk. And uh, if you're on Facebook and you know me on Facebook, you'll see it on my profile there. And if you want to maybe put a link into it in somewhere. Oh, I would think just beneath anyone who's watching this on YouTube, it, just beneath the episode in the description, there's a link that you can click on to get both to Martin's um, <laughs> main website and to the course. And if you want to hear the story he told on episode 81, I have a link to that as well because he goes Lovely. more depth about it. And the first, the, the first class starts on the 17th of June. So we got 16 days from this well, mind you, this will probably go out at a different timeline, so I'd probably just... But anyway, um, It'll go out tomorrow, which will fabulous. be soon. Fabulous. <laughs> but fabulous. what if we miss one of the episodes? Can we still, or one of the courses, can we still get involved? So they, they will be done in Zoom, the platform we're using at the moment, and I will record them. And if you missed a, an episode and really want to join or missed two episodes, you can, and you, you can watch the recording. Uh, that, that's not a problem at all. And, you know... For me, I like to create teachings that people can always access. I, I'm a big, very big believer in that. If we can create something that's always there for people, it's a really profound thing to do. Um, something what we call evergreen content. It's always there. Yes. And that's why, you know, people say to me, why do, why, do, why do you bother with a video? Why do you bother with a study program where it's recorded? Why don't we all do it in real time? And for me, I'd rather record it, record it well, and then it's there and we can all get the benefit. And that's kind of been my my mentality of trying to create things that people can access and so at some stage i'd like it all to be available in the future as well if you're watching this now a year from now and you're saying darn have i missed it i'd like to hope you'd still be able to to find a way to get to it i'd like to hope it's still i've still got it offered somewhere because i'm very passionate about keeping these teachings available well that's how i found out about you in the first place i was searching mediumship on youtube and there was this guy teaching i'm like who's this guy and then i went to your website and i ended up purchasing your course and then we became friends on facebook and then you know here we are episode number two and even though we haven't met on face to face in the flesh i mean we're friends and i Absolutely. feel very great about you know sharing what it is you're up to because like all the people's faces you just showed um no big egos, all about service. And that's who you are, you know, really about making a difference. 
And I'd Thank like to think I'm the same way, you know, and that's yeah. I think why people listen and tune in and are inspired because we're just, I think we're waking up that divine spark in everybody, you know, that this life isn't all there is. There's much bigger purpose. And yet if our loved ones don't die and they're still around, you know, who are we and what is our life for? And being able to empower people in the now connect with our own divinity and live the best life ever. I mean, that's what a gift that is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, wonderfully, thank you. Wonderfully <laughs> Do you have any closing comments or words of inspiration uh, you want to share? Well, just as you, as you were talking there as well, you know, I think that I, I, I'm really a big fan of all those mediums and all those uh, workers for, spirit and even those people who don't consider themselves as spirit workers but who go down and touch souls who are effectively doing the work of spirit uh whether they wish to put that label on it or not there's so many people out there who have that humility who are giving their lives in service and they're not always the ones who beat their own drum they're not always the ones who are and i know a great many people within this movement who offer such fabulous quality teachings who offer fabulous things and so many of us, myself included, have a problem with promoting ourselves or marketing ourselves or telling the world about ourselves because that speaks of ego. And we all right. don't really want ego. We want to have that humility. And we, we really want our work to speak for itself. But if people don't know we exist, it becomes a challenge. And somebody gave me a little talking to a while ago and said, really, you know, we have to promote ourselves a bit. We have to put ourselves out there. People have to know that what we offer exists. Because if they don't, the world can't find out about us. We live in a very much a, a technology-led age where the internet, Facebook, social media, YouTube is awash with information. But it can be very hard for people to sift through the stuff to find out the quality. The golden nuggets are often buried. Or the people producing the golden nuggets, they, they don't want to bang their own drum. And the people who do want to bang their own drum aren't necessarily producing quality content but they're the ones who are capturing the audience. And for me, you know, these great mediums of old, none of them banged their own drum. They all worked with a great deal of humility. They all worked from a position of service. They all worked from a position of love for spirit. These are the core factors. You know, Gordon Higginson, when he passed, they opened his desk drawer and they found a whole drawer full of checks given to him from churches for his expenses that he never cashed. And he was offered... He was offered thousands of pounds, which was a lot in those days, to do readings with famous people. And he refused because he recognized that at the end of the day, money shouldn't be able to buy it. He would rather do a reading for someone who had a genuine need, for a little old lady who couldn't pay for it, who had a genuine need, than for somebody who wanted to seek him out as being the best. And so all of the mediums of the past, they bring that humility. They bring that passion and that love and that service to spirit. And that's what it's all about. And really, I, I, I hope we'll have a lot of modern pioneers who are bringing forward that same passion, that same love. And I count you in this as well, Sandra, as well, because you are one of our modern pioneers. You know, your radio show is fabulous and what it does to reach out to people and touch people. And, you know, and you give us all this for free. It's amazing. It really is. And if anyone doesn't know, Sandra also has a Patreon page. And I'm one of your patrons, but Sandra also Thank has you. a Patreon page and go check it out. And if you love these episodes, you know, do contribute. 
I myself, I know how much time, effort, and money it takes to create things. For Gordon Higginson, I built a website. I, I, I got numerous recordings transferred off reels to, uh, to be made. I, I spent, I won't tell you how much money I spent, but I don't think I would ever see it back, put it that way. No. We, do, we do it for love, and it doesn't do. really matter. It doesn't matter. I know that Gordon is happy that this, his memory is being kept alive. It's come through readings to me, people who don't even know what I've done. And I know that the mediums in the spirit world appreciate what we do. And the spirit world want us to be giving in service. And the spirit always say that whatever we do, as long as we work from the heart, as long as we do it from the right place, we'll always have enough. We might never be rich. We might never get what we want, but we always have enough. We'll always be looked after. And I truly believe that. And some of you may know that I post a lot of Facebook quotes. I don't know if you've ever seen those quotes. Uh, yes, sometimes I have. in my timeline. And what I have done actually is compile them all on my website, martintwycross.com. For those of you who are not on Facebook, you can see some of them. But some of these words are the words that come through my guides in trance. And I just make a little quote out of them. I just sit in a moment and ask for some inspiration to bring forward. And my favorite one is actually written over there. And I shall just grab it a second and tell you. I can read yes. it from here. I can read it from here, but you get the back of my head, which isn't much fun. Okay, it says, cool. it says yeah. to, to serve spirit is a sacred calling. It is service in its purest form. When you serve from love, when you serve from the heart, know your needs will always be met. You will never go without. You may not have all you want, but you, you will have all you need. And those were words that were spoken to me by my guide through a medium in trance, pretty much verbatim. They were given to me when I first started my journey in about 2003, almost verbatim. And then they came through me in trance almost, and I matched them up. And the language isn't purely exact, but the content and the words were, were almost the same. And I believe, and you'll see that within the teachings of Silver Birch, it's almost... I found later, I found some words within that was almost identical as well. And those ideas, those themes keep recurring. Work from love, work from service, work from passion. Passion is fabulous. If we tap our passions and we make our passion available to the world, we can't go wrong. And I know that's what you do, Sandra. And that's why I think your, your show is wonderful. I'm a big fan. Thank you. And now you get to be one of the handful that we now have video episodes. <laughs> wow. Great. Yeah, and, oh, and, I, and I love the video as well because you actually get to see the person. You actually yeah. get to, well, to I'm share. Well, I'm moving share. more into the you know, current century with my, my technology. <laughs> Truth is, most of the times that I record uh, episodes, I'm in my pajamas. So I'll have to be dressed and makeup on. Look good. <laughs> but I can do it. <laughs> Platforms like Zoom really helps to make it user-friendly for me as well. Well, Martin, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for having me, Sandra. It's always my pleasure. Oh, and I'm, wonderful. I'm really grateful to be here. Yeah, grateful to have you. And for our listener slash viewer, thank you for being with Martin Twycross and I. You have been watching and listening to We Don't Die Radio. Our home base is wedontdieradio.com, where you can now find 262 episodes. And if you aren't convinced that your life matters and that the afterlife is real, um, 
listen to him again. I met one gentleman last year who listened to every episode three times. And when I met him at the Afterlife Symposium, his mind was blown that he was hearing this voice coming out of a human being cracked me up. It was very funny. Uh, but it just as a reminder for a few things, we don't die radio.com. Um, there's a very healing audio called how to, to survive grief that is there free for you. If you are someone who's lost a loved one, our hearts go out to you because there really is no, no more pain or worse than um, losing somebody we love, even though we haven't really lost them. It's almost as if they're off on a vacation before we're getting there. They're in a great place nearby and, um, and they're with us and they love us. And what else? Uh, the Afterlife Symposium is coming up in Scottsdale, Arizona. That would be um, September 13th through 16th, 2018. Go to afterlifesymposium.org to find out more. Martin Twycross's uh, website is martintwycross.com. And we have been talking about the great mediums of the past, his online course, which is very affordable, I say, very, very. Um, and well, I'll just. Well, I'll let you find out yourself. You go, oh my gosh, that's all he's charging? Wow. <laughs> so in closing. And Sandra, can I say, I, I always want to try and keep my teachings affordable. That is a, that's my major spirit, that I would keep it affordable. And you sure do. And I'm so grateful because you can get it into the hands and eyes and ears of people that normally wouldn't. And I think it's just, it's a wonderful thing. So thank you for that. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain and I am delighted to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. And I love how Martin said that Gordon said, you might not need to like me, but could you love me? Send love. There is something special about sending love and giving love to no matter who you're with. I was shopping for a car today, helping a friend. And I thought, you know, I don't, don't normally like dealing with car dealers because I, I feel, you know, the pressure is going to come on. But I said, you know what, what if I get out of my car and I greet this person with love, love. And can I tell you the, I didn't buy a car, but the experience was just so rich. He felt cared for. And in exchange, he cared for me as well with respect. So that's all I need to say. But thank you for listening and viewing. And we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.